Welcome to episode one of Reaching the UML, the Untethered Modern Learner podcast. Our guest today is Helen Blunden from Australia. In this conversation, we dig into working out loud, Snapchat, reflecting on digital tools that we use, and social learning, among other things. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Jamie Good, digital fluency coach and learning technology integrator, and you're listening to Reaching the UML the podcast dedicated to discovering how we can reach the untethered modern learner. Here we discuss how to take learning and development into the future with innovation, technology, disruption, and a focus on performance. For more episodes, please visit digitalfluencycoach.com slash podcast. Enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Reaching the UML, the Untethered Modern Learner. And today we've got all the way from Australia, Helen Blunden. Welcome, Helen. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, thanks for spending the time uh, today to do this interview with me. I'm super happy about it. Uh, no problems, me too. It's a Friday morning here. It's pretty cold and grey, so yeah, looking forward to this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> I just to maybe let people know before we get we get started that you and I met basically on on Twitter. It's another example of how I think social media can really connect people wherever we happen to be in the world. So it's great. Yeah, it's good. Um, I know that you probably met a whole heap of people like I have on Twitter or any social media, so I'm glad that we have these tools to connect with people, connect with people all over the world. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind, just at the beginning, I like to ask guests uh, what kind of keeps them busy and what they're interested in. So what is it really that you, you do and, and spend your time on? Yeah, well, um, for the last two and a half years, I'm now an independent consultant. Um, I call myself a social learning consultant, and I've got my own, um, I guess, agency, like my own business called Activate Learning Solutions. And what I what I do is I, I say to people I like to help them learn faster so they could work smarter. Um, and it's just all about teaching them uh, how to use social tools, how to tap into global networks, how to build, um, I guess, uh, networks and find the expertise to help them solve their problems. So that's what I do professionally. What, do you want to know what I do personally? Sure. <laughs> I knit a lot. So uh, I, I'm a keen knitter. I love knitting. Um, and I also like learning. I'm, I'm exploring different mediums and at the moment I'm, I'm I'm into video a lot, so I'm learning about video. So that's what I do. That's awesome. <laughs> well, one of the reasons I mentioned to you that I, I wanted you to be in this first episode was because I uh, I like this whole trend that's happening online now of working out loud and sort of pulling back the curtain, just giving people sort of behind-the-scenes access. And I think you and, as I mentioned, Julian Stodd in the UK are the two best at that right now. And I, I've been seeing that you've been editing and learning on video and and uh, the sort of interactions with your classmates. I've seen that you talked about knitting. And I just think it's amazing that – it, it's it's interesting whenever ever ever I teach a workshop on Twitter, people are like, "Well, should I just share professional stuff? Like, I should I share yeah. about my weekend?" And and I, I I use you as an example. Sometimes I say to people like, "I have this really great idea of what Helen does in her life, and I have an authentic picture of who you are, as opposed to you just putting out the quote unquote professional side." And I really like that. 
Yeah, I think sometimes we we miss that element in our work because I, I, for me, that's what I really like to learn about people. I like to see their their personality come through. Uh, um, so I don't know if we have time for just a very short story, but I just think um, I, can I share a, yeah, a, a, just sure. a short story about how I got into Work Out Loud and how, how that jigsaw piece just really fell into place for me. Um, believe it or not, it was through knitting um, because some years back I, I I learned how to knit by myself. I mean, um, I didn't have a mum or a grandmother or someone in my family to teach me how to knit. And back in primary school, uh, we had a teacher who he basically sat down and showed me some, you know, basic knitting stitches and I don't know, I start to really, you know, love this skill. So what had happened was I started to um, teach myself. I'd go to the library, get out books, you know, I'd learn how to do it myself, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And as I grew older, one day, some years back, I, I was invited to to go along to this knit camp, a whole weekend of men and women um, knitting and, you know, um, learning about knitting. And in my head, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be with old people, you know, this is not for me. But anyway, yeah, it's funny. I went along anyway. They had hired this house, this huge house, and there was just – it was teeming with people. And as soon as I went through, in through the front door – there were people in the lounge area knitting. They were in the kitchen. They were talking about their work the whole bit. And, but what I also noticed, they had cameras on tripods set up and um, these knitters had their iPads in front of them. They had their computers. And what they were actually doing was they were, as well as demonstrating and helping each other, they were actually filming their work. And I sat down with them and I was looking at what they were doing. They were talking about their Instagram accounts. They were talking about their blogs. There were people videoing um, and sharing what they were doing. Someone had a YouTube channel and she was uploading her, um, you know, her videos onto YouTube. Uh, they were connecting with knitters all around that world. And I think that was when I had my aha moment. I just went, oh, my God. You know, not only was I learning more about um, this passionate hobby that, I, that I've got, I was actually seeing for the first time how this group of people were using tools that were that I had. I had an iPad. I had, you know, a laptop. Um, I had a camera. And they were using these tools to... Um, share their own love and passion for this craft to a whole, just a world out there who was um, connecting in, you know, at the same time. And I think I went away from that weekend then really questioning about how we were doing things in, in learning and development. And I thought, my God, we have all these tools. Why aren't we doing exactly the same thing? So in in a funny kind of way, my knitting drastically improved that weekend. My networks were built. Um, I had a whole heap of people, you know, okay, albeit they were knitters, but they were showing me how to use YouTube, how to Instagram, how to, how to blog. Um, and I think, I think that's when the, 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 the piece of the puzzle fell for me that we could be within it learning and development. We could be using these tools a lot more for our own work. So there you go. Knitting got me into all this. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. I would have never, ever thought something like that. <laughs> like that, that is not only was it not full of a bunch of older people like you're expecting, but it was just full of all this technology. Like that's amazing. 
Well, and, and the other, the funny thing I found was my perception was that I was going into um, a, a group of old people. Get this, but what I found was the the majority of the people were my age or a, a lot uh, a bit older, and there were a lot of young people there too. But age didn't matter. So there were. There were people, you know, just showing each other how to use the tools. They were showing them how to – but it was all centred around the knitting and the work and the projects. The tools were simply tools for them. They were the just, you know, they didn't think twice about uploading it, uh, uploading something onto a, a, you know, a YouTube channel. They didn't think twice about tweeting out a picture of their work. They they didn't stop and think, oh, you know, who's this going to – you know, why am I doing this? Who's it going to um, – help they just did it for the for the the love of the craft and to share that love across across the world and for people to get new ideas on how to improve their their work so age is is relevant that is brilliant (laughs) like i'm just thinking like if if those type of camps were set up for so many other skills and industries and things imagine what we get done in this world (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because I'm seeing it right now on Snapchat. For the last couple of months, I've been really digging into this tool because, I don't know, everyone's going, oh, you got to get on Snapchat, millions are on it, and I just never got, I never understood that tool. So I thought, right, I'm going to actually commit some time to really learn this, and I'm going to follow people who are using the tool to work out loud. And there are so many people out there who are, using it for for their work so um yeah I'm, I'm seeing people now on snapchat like this this morning i i looked at how a dentist was doing a root canal and um there's this other guy who he, who makes beautiful wood furniture from the the forest fires he gets the wood from the forest fires in the u.s and he creates these beautiful works of art with with you know um with the wood there and he snaps how he does the whole process. So you, you get in on the morning and you, you see him talk about uh, what he's going to do today, you know, what wood he's got to turn, what wood he's got to carve. And by the end of the day, he's created this piece of furniture and you've been through, and he's worked through the whole process in a day. It's really interesting. <laughs> that, is, that is actually amazing. And what makes me also, what, what I find about this too is that, if this is the way that people are getting more accustomed to learning and seeing things from other people, um, how are we bringing this into our learning and development experiences? I'm I'm not sure that we are. Uh, I, yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, I'm I'm just seeing that there are people who are just doing this automatically, so they they don't think that it's learning. It's not about learning to them. They're actually sharing their love. Um, for their craft or their artwork or their work or their, the project that they're working on. Um, so they're simply just naturally sharing it. Um, but I think maybe L&D people think, you know, maybe they think about, well, why are they doing this? How can we incorporate um, what they're doing in our own programs? How can we incorporate this in our work? So maybe L&D people, we, we think um, – we think about the why and the how um, and how we can incorporate it into our work. So maybe we've got just a different perception um, about it. But, yeah, I'm not seeing it as natural inside companies. Um, I'm not seeing it like there are – yeah, when I was working in – back when I was working in corporates, there were very few people who were doing this 
just as a natural extension of their work. Um, and the ones who, who did it, I noticed that they were the ones who, um, I guess were more influential in the company. People knew them. They seemed to be highly connected. Um, they were known within the organization. They were well liked as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think for L and D people, we've got to find ways of getting this to be a little bit more easier. Um, without putting too much structure or formalizing work out loud or social learning. Yeah, because as you just said, natural extension of their work. I think that's important, and I don't think you can create a module around that in e-learning. Like that is that is not something to kind of build a course around, really. Um, I'm wondering if if maybe our, our traditional approaches to learning in that way is just – we need to maybe shift our focus to being more of a guide, maybe more of a, of a coach and a curator maybe. Does that um, maybe make sense? Yeah, yeah. and also maybe the way what I'm seeing as well is um, if we're a coach or a facilitator, we need to be doing this stuff ourselves. So we need to be role modeling those behaviors. That's so and what true. Yeah, and what I'm seeing is there are some um, learning and development organizations, sorry, some learning and development teams who are not doing it, who aren't working out loud themselves, who aren't sharing what projects they're working on or how they're creating their pro- So they're not doing it themselves. So how can then, how if you're not doing it yourself, how can you then guide others to do it? Because you can't tell them to do it if they don't if you yourself are not doing it. So, and I think this is actually coming out quite strongly for me and what I'm seeing is that I actually say to L&D people, if they are not doing it themselves, then find people within their organisation who are doing it naturally, who are championing, you know, who are championing this or who, who you can learn from and somehow involve them in your cause, you know, um, because if you just can't force people to, to work out loud if you're not doing it yourself. So, right, right. so find someone within the organization who's doing it naturally and then use them as the example. Um, you know, maybe they can help you in your cause. And it makes sense too that if, you, as you said, the people who were sharing as a natural extension of their work and they were, um, just because they, they, they wanted to share what they were working on and, and show people that they had a good network, that they were well connected, they were well liked. And I think that's another important piece in, in this day and age where we're never really guaranteed that we're going to work at the same place until retirement. That it's, if you are putting yourself in a space like that, that you're probably going to be the one who they keep when they need to lay off a bunch of people because everybody knows you, you have influence, you've made a difference, you've, you've kind of been a leader in pulling people along with your learning. And so I think there's another important piece there is that we're, we're looking for ways to future proof our career. This sounds like a really great way to do that. Definitely, and it's it's how I explain to L and D the the why they um, need to be showing the way um, ahead with this. So yeah, that's that's definitely the reason to to work out loud. <laughs> and so, with your focus on social learning, um, how do you kind of tie these things into that? Where you where you help kind of like. I guess you're helping organizations see how they can make social learning a reality or? Yeah, um, the way I usually do it, my background actually, my background is a performance consultant. So 
um, you know, it's going into the business and looking at, you know, what tools and skills they have, what their workplace is like, how their org structure is, um, is struck, you know, how their organization is structured, looking at the culture, looking at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I find it very difficult to, to go in, especially on request of L&D who, who bring me in um, for certain pieces of work. So then I keep asking, well, why? Why are you asking me this? What's the problem that you're seeing? Um, so uh, my, my preference and my, 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 yeah, my preference is to be able to work with L&Ds under a performance consultancy approach. So, mm-hmm. you know, finding a problem within their business that they think, right, we need to solve you know, how we could help this business out and going in um, like that and doing the, the performance consultancy piece. However, sometimes that's not what they, they want me for. Um, and we, uh, you know, we spoke about this before before we went live. It's it's um, sometimes L&D don't know what they don't know. So they also bring me in and ask me questions about, you know, what is social learning, what kind of tools, how do we get our people connected with each other, you know, how can we use Yammer or our social networking platform or technology to be able to tap into the the different networks across the organisation. Um, so initially, initially, yes, I do performance consulting, but there's a strong um, element of work that I do, which is uh, helping organisations through presenting to them or running workshops or webinars around social learning, um, around uh, working out loud and also around um, using different social tools and how you would use them for um, for working, connecting and learning. So does that make sense? So yeah, I do yeah, that's right. consulting, that's, workshops, that's, webinars, and it's all around these these topics. Yeah, that's great. It sounds very necessary too. So if if um, if I'm if I'm listening to this right now and um, the podcast and thinking about what we've talked about, so um, you know, working out loud, the 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 natural extension of their work just being to share and um, having the connected networks, etc. Sorry, my mm. phone is ringing. Unfortunately, just one second. Um, what maybe would be the, a piece of advice that you would give to people to kind of the, make the first step towards what you're talking about? Yeah, the the very first step uh, when I think when they ask me this, they you know because I, I find I don't know about in, if it's the same situation um, with you is people don't know where to start when they don't know what they don't know where do you start um, and. Funnily enough, I always go back to, and this might sound weird because this is what, this is what worked for me. Um, and I do say, think about something in your life that you are passionate about. Think of something that you would love others to know more about what you do. So for me, it was knitting. For someone else, it might be cycling. It might be cooking. It might be whatever it is because in in my experience, the people who are passionate about something that they love to do, they're sharing this stuff anyway. So they're taking photos of their, you know, the the beautiful meal that they've prepared. Mm-hmm. They're connecting in with um, different uh, websites around recipes. They might be contributing their recipe to certain websites. They might be showing their friends how they do certain things. So, um I say to people, think of something that you like to do in your normal everyday life 
and look at the tools that you're using to share your joy and your passion to others, okay? Uh-huh. And then reflect, I said, reflect on how you're using these tools and why you're using those tools and why you like those um, connections with other people. So there is an element of reflection because I like to blog about things. So um, I do say to people, if you want to start the ball rolling and you like to do something, start a blog, start looking at um, sharing your your work, the stuff that you do enjoy through the medium, uh, through the media, and, yeah, start, start doing something that you enjoy and sharing that because then by default you'll start connecting um, with other people who also do the same thing. And then you'll see the ties and the connections and the alignment with your work. It'll be a lot more easier I just find it's a lot easier to teach people how to use the tools and how to connect with others and how to share their work doing something that they enjoy doing right. and then, yeah, and then seeing, seeing the alignment and the connections with their work. It'll be less of a hard task to try and get them to see the value, um, you know, back in their work by doing something that they enjoy doing first. That's Does a, that make sense? Uh, that's yeah. a, I think that's a really great idea because I would bet that a lot of people listening are already doing that and they just haven't really sat, like you've said, sat down and reflected on the fact that they are working out loud because I will see, for example, friends on Facebook sharing, like you said, like they're baking, yeah. um, that they, they successfully made a cake that didn't go flat on them in the oven or something yeah. like that. And that is a form of working out loud. So that's actually a really good idea to kind of look at where you might already be doing this, but actually sit down and kind of be a little more purposeful about it, reflect about yeah. it on it a bit more. And yeah, I think naturally you would make the mental connections to how this could be advantageous to you in your workplace, of course. Yeah, and it's, and it's the, that's how I approach it when I do speak to people and organizations. I go, what is it that, what is it that you enjoy doing? What's a problem that you'd like to solve? Um, who, who are the people that you want to connect in? And then people then start opening up with their own stories and you can see them light up when they talk about their passions or their interests or their hobbies. And I'll go, right, let's start with that, you know. Um, what are the kind of tools that you can use? Who are the, the, the type of people that you need to connect to, to, to learn from, to learn more about that particular interest or hobby? Where are they hanging out? And so everything then, once you explain it in, in that manner, I think then the jigsaw piece falls into place and I'll go, Oh, right. Okay. I can, I can use this to share what I'm doing or I could use this tool to connect in with this person. Um, and it was, I, I did it recently with a community service organization. I was asked to, um, run a Twitter for professional networking to this particular group, but these were all young, very young community service leaders who, who are all under the age of 25. Um, and I, again, I started the question. I go, tell me more about, you know, why you joined this community service group. Tell me what you're doing outside of, um, community service. What projects are you working on? And some of the stories that came out was really fascinating. There was this young lady who was a chef and, um, she had these really basic and simple recipe ideas for young people, you know, who leave home at 18 and who need to, um, you know, obviously learn how to cook and eat and be healthy. And she had a whole heap of different recipes um, that she had, but she didn't have the medium or the, the message and she didn't know how to connect to, to anyone who could help her. And so I used that as a starting point about 
how could she use the social tools to connect in with um, with people who can help her, with chefs, with restaurants or whatever it was, um, so, and how could she start working out loud and sharing her recipes and ideas and her photos and her little, you know, videos that she can make. And then you could you, you you could actually see all the ideas just lighting up in the room. Go, oh my god, we didn't think that we could use you know Instagram for this, or I'm using Facebook, but I'm not using it for the purposes of sharing my work. Oh my god, I didn't you know I didn't realize I could do this. So the the whole mood of the the workshop changed when people realized that they've got these brilliant devices in their hands and they're not using them for the purposes of sharing their work, getting their work out there. Um, building a profile for themselves, connecting in with people who can help them, um, connecting in with businesses who could probably support them as well or give or fund them. Um, so it really changed the dynamic. And I think sometimes we miss this critical aspect of number one, knowing how to use the tools, but number two, also how do we use those tools for sharing our work and, and our passions? Went on a bit of a ramble there. Sorry no, about that. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's awesome because you're, you, you've been, um, in, in this conversation giving basically kind of a story and use case together, which I think helps people understand how to apply all of these ideas to, to the everyday, which is perfect. Um, and, and I think the, the holding stuff close to our chest thing is ne- chest is never going to help anybody, um, succeed and go further in life really because, uh, when, when we share, when, when I see what you're doing and what someone else might be doing on Twitter, for example, it helps me connect a lot more dots. It helps me make more of a complete picture about things. Um, I have like more ideas that come out about how I could apply this and that to what I'm already doing. Like, I think it's, 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 it just makes so much more sense. Like I've seen a few things that you've shared in, in, in working out loud and, and it, it triggers ideas in what I'm working on and go, Oh, or even a tool. Like I, I can't remember yep. a couple of months ago, there was some tool that you shared and I, I explored it and then I, I, I tested it out. It didn't really work for my purposes, but I wouldn't have known about it possibly otherwise. Right. So it was, it was yep. worth exploring based on you sharing that it was helpful to you. And I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, and look, I totally understand the awkwardness and the, I guess, the vulnerability that goes with working out loud. I've been there, I, I know it, but I think, and a lot of people are mindful of this, um, and I see it every single day when I hold a video camera, like when I hold my iPhone out and take video, people are scared to, you know, to be in videos. They're, they're scared to show themselves, they're scared to share their work. Because they go, you know, well, they've got nothing to say or they've got nothing of interest. And, um, I totally understand the, the fear in it because I've been there. But what I say to those people is just give it a go. Think of something that you're passionate about because that's what you're going to be talking quite, you know, quite openly about. Um, and just try it, try it on a small scale, see how it goes. Um, uh, I've never had any negative experience from working out loud and with practice it become it starts to become I'm not going to say it becomes natural because every time I do work out loud it does feel unnatural to me but it's just a barrier that I have to break through um, and when I get feedback from people like yourself with what you just mentioned and from others that just um that just makes me realize how uh, how important it is and and people aren't 
people aren't mean and nasty. They actually want to see you succeed. They actually yeah, want yeah. to from you. So um, I would say to people, yes, I understand the fear and the, the vulnerability, but just get, get over it, little steps, and it'll come good. <laughs> Totally agree. I love this. This has been really great. You've given people, I think, a lot to think about. This is really, I'm, I'm super still like just thinking about that amazing <laughs> knitting camp. So that is like, that is awesome. <laughs> this is worth the price of admission right there with that story. You won't, you won't think of knitters the same again. Never, ever again. I'm actually going to look for some of this stuff on Instagram now. Um, so if, if people want to continue the conversation with you, which I'm sure they will, how's, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, look, I'm on I'm on Twitter all the time. So my Twitter handle is at activate learn, um, or my website activatelearning.com.au. So yeah, um, or if you don't have either LinkedIn, Helen London, and just connect with me. So um, yeah, hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And and as I said, I will be putting uh, the links to to reach out to you in the show notes that go along with this episode too, in case someone happens to be driving in a car right now and can't write that down, but. Um, I really appreciate you spending the time with me and, and sharing your experience with all this because I do believe it's very important. And as I said, I, I wanted this to, to kind of launch the podcast as the first episode because I do believe podcasting is a is a version of working out loud. So it, it makes a lot of sense. So thanks so much for your time. I hope it gets a little bit warmer and, and sunnier there where you are. Um, Jamie, this is knitting weather for me, so I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Helen. I really appreciate this, and it was a great conversation. Uh, thank you for having, having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay, cheers. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Reaching the UML. Visit digitalfluencycoach.com slash podcast for more episodes, to subscribe to my newsletter, and to give any feedback you have on this episode. You can find me on Twitter at jgooddfc and on Facebook at facebook.com slash digitalfluencycoach. If you've learned something with me today, please tell a friend and let me know if there's anyone you think I should interview. Thanks again, and let's elevate our profession together, shall we?